Oh, I am so happy to be here. You're the first ones at the 1 o'clock service. Worst ones. Turn around to the people around you right now and say, you are so impressive. You are so impressive. First ones at the 1 o'clock service. I have had a great time here uh, in Laredo, great time Friday, Saturday speaking. Uh, I come from outside of Chicago, Chicago. Turn to the person next to you and with your best Midwest accent say, Chicago. Yeah, good job, Chicago. So it's great to be here in Laredo. Now, just so everybody feels welcome, turn to the person on your right. You who are next to the wall, do the best you can. Turn to the person on your right, say to them, I'm glad you're here this morning. If they're far away from you, just point at them. I'm glad you're here this morning. Turn to the person on your left and say, thanks for sitting by me. Thanks. They could have sat anywhere and they sat by you. How nice is that? If you've got somebody in front of you, say to them, this morning your hair is perfect. Your hair is perfect. That, that is so important, so important. However, let me pause right now and apologize to those who have no hair, okay? Allow me to apologize if you have no hair. Now, turn around to the person behind you. Turn around to the person behind you. Say to them, you look just like my mom. You look just like my mom. Good old mom, just like mom. I want to know what distinguishes you as a follower of Christ. How do people know you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? Is it uh, because you have good theology? No, although good theology is important. Is it because you come to church? No, but coming to church is important. Is it because you give of your money and your resources? No, but that is important. No. What really identifies us as Christ followers? Well, let me take you to the book of John. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Let me just pause there for a second. I want you to understand this is not optional. If you're going to be a Christ follower, if you're going to claim to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then you must love. Some of us, it's been like, well, maybe, maybe if it's not real hard and maybe if it's convenient and maybe if I know the person and maybe if it doesn't stretch me too much, no. No, 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 no. You are to love one another. And love begins within your family. Husbands love your wives. Wives love your husbands. Children love your parents. Parents love your children. You ready for this? Take a deep breath. Brothers love your sisters. Sisters love your brothers. Brothers love your other brothers. Sisters love your other sisters. It starts within the family and then moves to the family of God and then beyond these walls. It's not optional. It's a command 
that Christ gives us. We're to love one another. And why is that important? Verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's how you identify as a disciple of Christ. That's how you identify as a Christ follower, by your love for one another. This morning, I want to talk to you about four characteristics of love, and I'm going to ask you to put these into effect immediately. Number one, love is tough. Love is tough. In some cases, our love has become so wimpy. You know, um, if I went out this morning and I picked uh, this wonderful woman right here, and your first name is? Leslie, and I say, Leslie, thank you for being here, and thank you for sitting right here in the front, and I just want you to know, Leslie, that I love you. And Leslie says, Greg, thank you very much. I love you too. Now, you know what? That's nice. I love Leslie. Leslie loves me. You know what? Chances are you are sitting by people that you care about, right? Turn to the people next to you, if you do, and say to them, I care about you. That's great. That's great. You're by people that you care about and they care about you and you love them and they love you and that is really nice. But I'm here to say that's not really the mark of a follower of Christ. How do I know that? Well, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. If uh, sorry, verses 32 and 33. If you love Leslie who loves you, what credit is that to you? Why, even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Why, even sinners do that. See, I believe that I could walk onto your middle school campus, your high school campus, your college campus, and I believe I could find people that do not give a rip about God who are loving people that are loving them back. I believe I could go to your office and I could find people that give no attention to God at all who are loving people that are loving them back. See, that's not the mark, really, of a Christian. Although that's wonderful, continue to do it. But love is tough and it calls us beyond that. So, for example, if I go to this woman right here, and your first name is Brenda, and I say, Brenda, thank you for being here. You've got your Bible. You've got your marker. Brenda, you are so impressive, and I just want you to know I love you. And Brenda looks at me and says, wow, Greg, thanks. You make me ill. Hmm. Now, how am I going to respond to that? See, in the past, I would have gone, fine. You don't love me. I don't love you. I don't need you. I have Leslie. Yeah. She's my friend. And what have we done? We have rejected those who have not responded to us positively. And I want to remind you, Jesus is calling you to love others. He doesn't promise you others are going to love you back. And remember, those who are the least lovable often require love the very most. He's calling us to love with a tough love. 
So my first job out of college, I'm a men's caseworker working with delinquent, emotionally disturbed teenagers. And these guys would come in for these intake interviews. And I would greet them, and we'd do the interview, and then I'd put my arm around them, and I'd say, hey, welcome to the unit. And they would be like, hey, get away from me. Wow. And if I was going to respond to them the way they, people have always responded to them, I would have said, hey, that's no problem. I'll stay away from you. You stay away from me. But God calls me to love with a tough love. So I'd see him again. I'd walk up to him. I'd go, hey, nice to see you. And they're like, I don't care. Wait a little while longer. I'll go, hey, how you doing? What do you care? And finally, after a week, after a month, after six months, I would walk over to this individual. I'd put my arm around him, and I'd be like, hey, brother, how you doing? And he'd be like, hey, okay, man, how are you doing? And I had a poster that hung in my office, and I would read it every day, and it said, love can break the hardest heart so faith can grow. It's true. What can stand up to God's supernatural, Holy Spirit-inspired love? The answer is nothing. And God is calling us to love with a tough love. He's not calling us to be abused. Okay? Uh, God has not called you to be a doormat. God has not called you to put up with abuse. And what's the difference with somebody who's just mean and somebody who's abusive? Abusive is something that is repeated over and over and over and over and over again. And you do not need to set yourself up for abuse. Mean is meeting somebody who responds to you poorly. And you respond to their insult with a blessing. You be about loving them. Number one, I want your love to be tough. Number two, your love needs to be vulnerable. You need to take down the mask. You need to lower the wall. And you need to express love. Uh, I had a great dad, and when I would fly home from college and I would land at San Francisco International Airport, and I would get off the plane and my mom and dad would be waiting for me, my dad would see me, he'd get this great big smile on his face, he'd come over, he'd throw his arms around me, he'd give me a hug, he'd give me a kiss, he'd say, Greg, I love you. And I would say, Dad, I love you too. And is that weakness? That's just the opposite of weakness. That is tremendous strength. I understand there are some of you in here, some men who would say this to me. Look, my grandfather never hugged and kissed my dad or told him he loved him. So my dad uh, never hugged and kissed or told me that he loved me. So I'm not doing that with my kids. And my response to that is, Who's going to break that cycle? Who's going to break that cycle? That is not healthy. That is not strong. That is not what a real man does. A real man speaks life into their family. A real man encourages and builds up. I have said to my four children, 
Justin, Julia, Kelly, and Garrett, all married now, all having families. I've said to my four kids, you will never reach the age where your father will no longer hug you or kiss you or tell you that he loves you. You'll just never reach that age. So when I walk into my oldest son's house, even though I hear these little voices, grandpa, grandpa, I go over to Justin and I give him a hug and I kiss him and I say, Justin, you're a great dad. You're a great husband. I say, Justin, I love you. And he says to me, Dad, I love you too. Is that weakness? No. No. How many of you longed to hear from your father, I love you. You're great. You're tremendous. I'm proud of you. We all want to hear that. That's like breathing life into us. Do not withhold that. And listen, the enemy will say to you, it's too late. And I'm here to tell you, that's a lie. Even though your son is in his 40s, even though your daughter is in her 50s, it's not too late. It's never too late to begin to do the right thing. And you need to be lovers in the purest sense of the word. And you need to be vulnerable. So I'm speaking outside of Orlando, Florida at a prep school. A very affluent. They are driving cars I would never be able to afford. They've got to wear uniforms, but they're wearing all kinds of gold jewelry. They got necklaces and bracelets and rings, a lot of wealth. And they bring me in in the fall. <coughs> and it is a Friday night, a Friday night. It's a Friday afternoon, and the football team is all wearing their jerseys. So they bring me in to speak to this student body. And uh, I say to the students at the very end, I go, look, your headmaster is going to come up here and dismiss you. I'm going to step off the platform. And if you would like a dad hug, you come up to me, and I will give you a dad hug, and I will tell you what a father ought to be saying to you. Now, you're probably thinking, what? Come on. Are you kidding me? At this affluent school, all this wealth, all these in people, come on. I mean, most teenagers look at me and they, they think I'm a combination of like Fred Flintstone, Winnie the Pooh, Droopy Dog, and the Cowardly Lion on The Wizard of Oz. So the assembly's over. I step off the platform. The headmaster dismisses and students lined up. They lined up from the front to all the way the back of this auditorium. The football team lined up. I had a big offensive lineman come up to me and say to me, my dad has never told me that he loves me. And I said to him, well, I want you to know I love you. And I gave him a hug and he just sobbed. He just sobbed. I want to say, families, do not withhold that from one another. You need to be vulnerable. Strength is in vulnerability, in loving one another and expressing that love.
Number three, love is a commitment. Love is something you choose to do whether you feel like it or not. Love is not primarily a gushy, gooey, lovey feeling. Love is something you decide. If you had to wait for a feeling before you loved people, there are some people you would never love. Jesus has not commanded you to feel a certain way. Jesus has commanded you to love no matter how you feel. And look, I'm all about loving the world. I mean, I'm, I'm totally in on that. My youngest son, Garrett, has been a missionary to the Ukraine, and he was in Kiev when the Russians invaded. So I'm all about let's love the world. I'm all about let's bring the good news of the gospel to all the corners of the earth. But I want to make sure we understand that while we are praying for the world, that does not relieve our responsibility to love individuals. I mean, Jesus Christ is calling you to love everybody in your road to your left. Look, look to your left. Look at all the people that you have to love. Look down that row. All those people, you need to love them. Jesus says you're to love the people to your right, all the way down the road. Look to your right. You need to love all those people. Love them. You need to love the people behind you. Look and see who's behind you. Everybody behind you. Even though there's several rows behind you, you got to love those people. You got to love them. Jesus is calling you to love the people in front of you. And by the way, for you in the front, that's me. Jesus is calling you to love individuals. You know, you put into practice the love languages. Do you know the love languages? Turn to the person next to you and see how many love languages you can get in like the next 10 seconds. Name them. Go. All right, there are words of affirmation. Saying to that person, you are wonderful, you are awesome, you are tremendous, speaking life into them. Uh, I speak two languages fluently. I don't know how many languages you speak. I speak two languages fluently. I speak English and I speak sarcasm. Do you know what I've learned from my wife? I've learned from my wife, sarcasm was a wall I hid behind so I didn't have to be vulnerable. Could I encourage you with your family? Could I encourage you to speak less sarcasm and more love? Less sarcasm and more love. You love by serving. How can I make your load lighter? How can I help you? You love by spending time, sitting down, listening to somebody, caring about them. You love somebody by giving them a gift. Here, I got this cup of coffee for you. You love somebody by touch, giving them a little hug or a high five or pounding them. Now, by pounding, I mean hand to hand, not the face, okay? Those are ways in which you can share love one with another. You need to commit to being lovers. And then finally, number four is don't wait to love. Don't wait to love. Here's a motto you can live by. Don't just give flowers to dead people. 
Don't just give flowers to dead people. You go to a funeral and you bring flowers. And let me tell you, that's a great gesture and continue to do that. But what good does it do the dead person? It doesn't do them any good at all because they're dead. Don't just give flowers to dead people. Give flowers to people who are alive. Appreciate people now. Love people now because you may not have tomorrow to love them. So right next to Sunny Ridge is this home for delinquent, emotionally disturbed teenagers. We had a beautiful, private country club. So one day I go over to the country club and I say, hey, could I talk to the manager? So they bring me in. I meet the manager. I go, hi, my name's Greg Speck. I go, I'm one of the caseworkers at Sunny Ridge. I'm wondering what is the possibility that I could bring over to your beautiful country club a group of delinquent and emotionally disturbed teenagers <coughs> and to play your course for free, thinking he's going to say to me, get out of here. He goes, I'll call you. I go, thanks. So some time goes by, phone rings, it's the manager, and he says this to me. If you're the first ones on the tee Monday mornings, you can play our course for free. I'm like, whoa. I go, thank you so much. So we get these teenagers up in the middle of the night. We would be standing on the first tee in the dark as the sun began to rise, and we got to play this beautiful golf course for free. So... One day, we're in the midst of playing. We're like on the sixth, seventh hole, and uh, I see this golf cart that's moving around the golf course. Going up to all these different foursomes. And finally, the golf cart gets to us. And the guy in the golf cart says, anybody here named Greg Speck? I go, well, yeah. I go, that's me. He said, you have an emergency phone call. You need to call home right now. I said, wow, thank you. So I turned to one of the house parents, and I said, okay, you're in charge. Now I'm going to say something to you. If you're a teenager, take a deep breath, because this is going to shock you. Here we go. There were no cell phones. No cell phones. Yes, dinosaurs were still roaming here on the earth. There were no cell phones. So I had to go find a phone. So I get to a phone and I knew my grandmother had died. You know how you kind of know that? She was in her mid-90s and she had been sick and I just knew she had died. So I pick up the phone I call home. Do, 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 do. And my grandmother answered the phone. I'm like, whoa, this is long distance. Whoa. I said, uh, hi, Graham, this is Greg. And she started to cry. And I'm like, oh, no. I go, Grandma, what's wrong? 
And she's not saying anything. She's just crying. I said, Grandma, you need to tell me what's going on. And she can't say anything. I'm finally like, Grandmama, speak unto me. And I hear the phone get laid down, and he steps out of the kitchen. And then it steps back into the kitchen, and it's my mother. And I said, Mom, I go, what is going on? She says to me, Greg, your dad is gone. I go, dad is gone? I go, what are you talking about? And she explained to me that he had a massive heart attack in his sleep. So massive, it didn't even wake my mother up. And when I boarded that plane in Chicago O'Hare to fly home to San Francisco, California, I could get on that plane and I could say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that I had a great dad. Thank you that he had told me he loved me and I had told him I loved him. Wow, Lord, thank you. How sad if I had to get on that plane and say, wow, if only, if only, if only, if only, if only, if only, if only. And then it's too late. Do not wait to love because you may not have tomorrow to love. I want to call you to love now. That identifies us as Christ followers. God will use us to make a difference in our world. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Can I do that? Sure, I can. I leave tomorrow. So, here's what I'm going to have you do. In just a second, I'm going to have you stand to your feet, and I want you to go to every member of your family, and I want you to give them a hug, and I want you to give them a kiss, and I want you to say to them, I love you. I want them to hear you say that to them. And then after you have done that with your family, then I want you to turn around and look at other people around you. And then I want you to give them a high five or you know, boom, pound it a little bit, or maybe even a little hug, but do me a favor. Don't just grab some stranger and hug them. Okay, they may not find that really appealing. They may find that very creepy. So just be careful about that. But then say to the people around you, I care about you. Or say to them, I appreciate you. Or maybe even say to them, I love you. And do you know what you're going to do this afternoon? You're going to function the way the body of Christ is supposed to function. Okay? Everybody stand up right where you are. Do not leave the sanctuary. You're going to love on each other. And when you've gotten to everybody you want to get to, you can go ahead and sit down. Ready? Go. Go, go, go.
All right, if you've gotten to everybody you want to get to, go ahead and grab a seat. Now look at me. Look at me. I am so proud of you. You made Jesus look good. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for loving. Thank you for caring. Thank you for honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And now I want you to take this beyond these walls. I want you starting now, just perform random acts of kindness. Open doors for people. When you pass people, smile at them and say hi. Let's say you're going to go out for a really nice lunch today. And you're sitting, waiting at the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. Order your meal and then also order a dessert. And when you get up to the window, tell the woman, take the dessert out of the bag. Because if you touch it, she can't take it back or he can't take it back. And then say to them, I want you to give it to the car behind me and just say to them, have a great day. I mean, why don't you just do that? Why don't you just perform random acts of kindness? Why aren't you just kind and loving to one another? I want to say this, and this will be hard for some of you to hear. Some of you are getting grumpy. You're just getting grumpy as you get older. Stop it. Hey, get off my lawn. Stop it. Stop it. Be about loving each other. Look, we're going to close the service, and I'll be standing outside that exit right there. And I just want to say, if you'd like a dad hug this morning, whether you're nine years old or 90 years old, you come up to me, I will give you a dad hug, and I will tell you what a father ought to be saying to you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, so thankful for my brothers and sisters. So thankful for the ways in which you have worked in their lives today. And Lord, this had nothing to do with music. This had nothing to do with announcements. This had nothing to do with speaking. This is because of you and to you and you alone belong the honor and the glory and the praise both now and forevermore. And so I send these people to make a difference in their word, to be lovers in the purest sense of the word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.